Hello and welcome to another episode of the number one podcast for getting some kind of insight. I am OT and today I am asking that you listen up because I will be talking about something we all need to talk about, something we all need to take account of, something we all need to come together for to move forward in a truly positive, progressive fashion. All right, all right. I hope everyone's doing well. You know, we're currently in times where there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on. So I hope everyone's taking the time to prioritize their mental health. Um, take a break from social media if you have to. You know, take a break from those conversations if you need to. Make sure you're doing everything you can to keep your mental health in check. All right, moving on. Today, I want to talk to you about the Black Lives Matter movement. This is a movement I'm very much behind. And this movement was founded back in 2013 after the tragic event with Trayvon Martin. The movement works for, for how do I put this? Um, the movement works for a world where, you know, all black lives are no longer systematically targeted for failure. Because that's what's going on right now. We have a system that's, that's built to, to oppress African-American communities. The, the intentions of the Black Lives Matter movement from the very beginning was to connect black people from all over the world. You know, people that have the vision, like the shared desire for justice to, to act together in their community to speak out for justice. To me, this sounds pretty fair for a community that's being starved to stand up and speak up sounds pretty fair to me. But we all know that there's a backlash out there for the Black Lives Matter movement. It's a black there's a backlash from communities you expect it from that are obviously anti-black. And there's also backlash from communities you don't expect it from because they claim to be pro-black. So I'm not sure where the misunderstanding is, but there's something going on. And um, I just wanted to come on here and just drop my two cents about the Black Lives Matter movement. The Black Lives Matter movement is not it's not a movement to, to set things on fire. It's not a movement saying that white lives do not matter or like or no other life matters that's not the, what the black lives matter that's not what the black lives matter is saying at all you know it, it is a movement that truly believes that in the bigger picture all lives matter because there's also that going on the whole lives matter group we the black lives matter group believes that all lives matter but all lives includes black lives and today black lives are being hunted they're being destroyed by a system built on a foundation that, that 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 never, ever, ever favored them. So this podcast acknowledges, you know, white privilege, which brings about the topic of white fragility. So before I move on, if you're a white person, listen to this podcast right now and you know that you're prone to white fragility. I ask that you try your best to put that aside and just get through this, you know. And if you don't know what fried white fragility is, it's the discomfort and the defensiveness that happens more than you think. That defensive part is a thing. The defensiveness on the part of a white person when information about racial inequality or injustice is brought up. And somehow you might convince yourself through this podcast that I am anti-white. That is completely false and that is just white fragility surfacing. Moving on today, there is a there is a there is a continuous inequality in education, employment, housing for the black community. And these are all direct results of slavery and a very, very prejudiced system 
And in my opinion, the systematic oppression of the black community starts with education. This is something many people already know that the black community faces a major educational problem. And if you didn't know that, now you do. In America, schools with a lot of minority students are ridiculously underfunded. That is saying that they get less money based on the amount of black buddies, the, the amount of black people that attend that institution. Research has shown this, like research has shown that at any given poverty level, districts that have a higher proportion of white students get ridiculously higher funding than districts that have more minority students. And what this low funding means for minority students is they don't get the money or the resources to get the proper education they deserve. And this, if not eliminates, it, it, it reduces and affects the chances of fighting poverty in the black communities. This is something that's really dangerous and something that's really, really, really hurtful. It's because early childhood education is a big deal because it predicts it predicts everything. It predicts later school outcomes. It, it predicts your career. It predicts your your work options, your 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 health, your social opportunities. And I'm so grateful that black students continue to pursue education excellence despite of all these restrictions. That is something I'm grateful for, and that is something I hope that we get to a point where we don't have to worry about getting the best education. Moving on to the topic of, empl of employment. And it goes without saying that there is a there's definitely, definitely a correlation between education and employment. And with the problems that black communities face with education, as I previously mentioned, employment becomes another obstacle for the black people. And even sometimes with the education, so even for, for a black man, a black woman with education, there are still racial biases that a black man, a black woman, a black child of age still face when it comes to employment. And this includes discriminations for, for basic, simple things, just like, like choice of style, your hairstyle, how you dress, and, on, and honestly, just being black, if we're going to be honest. Research shows that companies are more likely, two times if not more, likely to call black applicants for interview if they submit whitened resumes. Let me put that in another word. This means that a black person will get over 50% chances of getting an interview if they present a, or if they present a resume that's, that, that, um, that is more white-like for the lack of better words. This is something that, that's, that's true on every level, so whether it's a small organization, a big corporation, and even for corporations that, clear, that, that claim to be pro-diversity. This is something that's true in most systems in America. And with a, with a, with a conscious and deliberate field education and, and employment system, poverty in the black community comes without surprise. Poverty amongst African-Americans ex exceeds, you know, it's, it's a lot more than that of any other group. Poverty has declined for white, Hispanic, and Asian families in the recent years, but it hasn't for African-American families. And why is that? That is simply because 
the system said so. That's what the system's designed for, and that is exactly what it's doing. And because of the of the wealth gap in the United States, segregated housing means that those who live in a low-income neighborhood are more likely to attend public schools with fewer resources, as I mentioned earlier. The, the, these, these schools are often like, they often fail to perform at, a, at the same level as all the other schools where the more privileged kids get to go to. And the, the correlation between more expensive housing and better schools is a thin. It's, it's been proven it's a thin. So you see now we're back to the topic of education. This is why I said education is the biggest thing. That's what we're being started up as a black community, amongst other things. This is a cycle, a system that fuels itself. It's a cycle. And when we say Black Lives Matter, we mean that what we mean is black education matters, black employment matters, black wealth matters. We mean black lives matter. I had the pleasure of joining a, a good friend of mine on her podcast. Her name's Dylan and uh, her podcast is called Dylan, It's Your Time. And um, you should check it out. On that podcast, I got uh, I got some insight from a fellow guest. He was very, very huge on, it was huge on, um, on, on system. I made a point that individuality, individuality is important when it comes to tackling these issues, but it can only go so far. So our priority is to fix a system. This made me think deep because of what good is a bad, yeah, sorry, of what good is a, is, is, is a buddy if good people, you know, how do I want to word this? Of what good is an organization, a group, a body of people, a person? Of what good is that if it operates under a bad system? Take a second to think about it. Of what good are you if you're working under a bad system? I think that's what introduces the idea of corruption. If I'm not, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy to think about. And going to the, to the topic of um, police brutality, for example, um, it, it, it introduces the idea of a good cop and a bad cop. But how good is a good cop that knows off a bad, that knows about, a, he knows about a bad cop? How good is a good cop that knows about a bad cop and does nothing about it? I am sure, I'm positive that um, a good cop calling out a bad cop comes with its own risk. There's no question about that. But the police take a general oath. That states, on my honor, I will never betray my badge, my integrity, my character, or the public trust. I will always have the courage to hold myself and others accountable for our, for our, so when you take your hold as a policeman, you make it, you're speaking for the whole group, you're speaking for your party, not just yourself. So you take in responsibility for all your actions. Agreeing to this oath should be enough to convict any officer of any wrongdoing. You, I hope you guys are with me. You know, just that that should be enough to convict any officer for any wrongdoing, but it does not. The failing system overrides the oath. So the, the unfortunate incidents with George Floyd, the incidents with, with Breonna Taylor, the incidents with Richard Brooks, amongst many others, is what I'm talking about. 
one thing, one thing, one thing that we all know, you know, is the fact that every failed system in the United States of America disproportionately affects the black community in negative ways, even down to the coronavirus pandemic. The system is just set up to affect the black community negatively. Other inequalities that black communities are plagued with include voting inequalities, social inequalities, incarceration inequalities, just enjoying basic human rights sometimes, you know, just based on the color of our skin, a system that's against the color of your skin. This is why we say Black Lives Matter. We say it in hopes that that the issues, that the problems that, that unfairly affect Black lives, the problems that are in the, in the hands of other men with no regards for Black lives, not supernatural problems. We're talking about real-life problems that can be controlled, problems that can actually be fixed on a systematic level or addressed. We need those to be addressed. We can't change individuals, but we can create a system that holds them accountable and renders their hell intentions useless. Black Lives Matter is a movement for all, for everyone that claims to be of support to the black community. You know, there's a movement out there that says all lives matter, which is factual. All lives do matter. But we can't currently say that when black lives are being mistreated or facing injustice from every corner of a system that is completely against them. For all lives to truly matter, black lives need to be taken serious and need to actually matter across the board we need all black communities to come together we need the our white allies to exercise their white privilege and we need others to seek knowledge because knowledge is power you know and um i need people to stop being so caught up in the in the order of the words black lives matter i feel like for some people just just the words alone is what's turning them away from the the general movement but I need people to understand that Black Lives Matter is completely bigger than the words. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you all are able to join me again in two weeks. And I hope you were able to get some insight. You know, on, on one thing like I, I really wish and hope you guys got from this is that we're all in this together. And the sooner we can see that, the stronger we can be and the faster we can get to our goal. So I hope to see you guys again in two weeks. Please tune in and go ahead and follow on Instagram at OT says, listen up.